Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 102 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Matthew chapter 6 today, and our focus is on the biblical cure for anxiety. So, hello, thanks for listening. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Santa Catarina, Brazil, Harare, Zimbabwe, Wales, United Kingdom, Ontario, Canada, Württemberg, Germany, Champaign, Illinois, and Fresno, California. Thank you all for listening. Please check out our website when you get a chance, Bible2021.com. Share the show with your friends and neighbors, and let me begin today's episode with a joke. I was wondering why the Frisbee was getting bigger, and then it hit me. Now, this joke has nothing to do with today's episode, but my nine-year-old Phoebe just told me the joke as she walked by and I was writing this, so I'm including it for your joy and delight and groaning. Well done, Phoebe. In a departure from normal, let's go ahead and read our passage today, paying close attention to the end where Jesus gives us his cure for anxiety. Now, this is Matthew chapter 6. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And as you're listening out for the Jesus cure for anxiety, I also want to point out to you how many times Jesus warns us against doing things to be seen by people, like praying and doing good works and giving gifts to the poor. He warns us strongly against that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles since they imagine they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters since either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So, summarizing what Jesus is saying in a very simplistic way. Don't worry. Consider how well God cares for his creation and be reminded that God loves you more than flowers, fields, and fowl. God your Father knows what you need and will provide it. Don't overworry about tomorrow, but be focused on God and his care in the current day you're in. Paul, the apostle, also gives us some great inspired wisdom on facing anxiety. And interestingly, he does it in the book of Philippians just two chapters after confessing his own anxiety. For it, Paul says in Philippians 2.27, he talks about Epaphroditus, his friend, being so sick that he nearly dies. And in verse 28, he says, For this reason I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. And then in Philippians 4, 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I want you to note here, in one breath, basically, or almost, in Philippians 2, Paul says that he's anxious, and in the next breath, or almost the next breath, Philippians 4, Paul gives us the Spirit-inspired cure for worry and anxiety, and it's not a contradiction, it's not pro problematic. Look, this is the steady state of life in a follow fallen world. Anxiousness is going to siege our souls. It's going to attack us. We're going to have to wrestle against it. And if you're facing anxiety and worry and things like that, you're not alone. How do we deal with it, says Paul? We resist it by bringing all of our cares to God accompanied with thanksgiving. Remembering, says Jesus, how well God the Father takes care of anything, everything. And when we do this, when we resist anxiety this way, we are promised God's power and his peace to guard our hearts against worry and anxiety. Now, many pastors have other professional hats that they wear. Some are bivocational. Paul was a tent maker, for instance. Some are called by God later in life, having served in other areas. I myself am a world-renowned detective and a member of the Avengers, maybe. Far more impressive than that, however, is the doctor. 
No, I'm not talking about the British time traveler who goes on adventures in his TARDIS. I'm referring to a British man who was called the Doctor before there was a Doctor Who. His name is Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a real medical doctor who actually worked as the chief assistant to the King's physician after earning his medical degree from London School of Medicine in his early 20s. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a pastor and a writer for most of his life, But his nickname was The Doctor because he started his young adult years as a medical doctor. So we're going to hear from him a good bit more today than we'll hear from me. And that's great because he's going to give us some great spiritual insight from The Doctor about how to overcome anxiety and trust God more. And this is what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says. The great problem in life is, in a sense, how to lay oneself down to rest and to sleep. I laid me down and slept, said the psalmist. Anyone can lie down, but the question is, can you sleep? The psalmist describes himself surrounded by enemies and by difficulties difficulties and trials, and his mighty testimony is that in spite of that, because of his trust in the Lord, he both laid down and slept, and he awakened safe and sound in the morning. Why? Because the Lord was with him and looking after him. That's the theme of so much of the Bible in the Old Testament and the New, and it's obviously a subject of supreme importance. I sometimes feel that there's nothing, perhaps, which provides such a thorough test of our faith and of our whole Christian position as just this matter. It's one thing that to say that you subscribe to the Christian faith. It's one thing, having read your Bible and abstracted its doctrine, to say, yeah, I believe all that. It's the faith by which I live. But it's not always exactly the same thing to find that faith triumphant and victorious in maintaining you in a state of joy when everything seems to have gone against you and has driven you to despair. It is a subtle and delicate test of our position because it's such an essentially practical test. It's far more removed from the realm of theory. You are in the position. You are in the situation. These things are happening to you. And the question is, what is your faith worth at that point? Does it differentiate you from people who have no faith? That's obviously something of great importance, not only for our peace and comfort, but also and especially at a time like this from the whole standpoint of our Christian witness. People today tell us that they are realists and practical. They say that they are not interested in doctrine and not interested to listen very much to what a preacher says, but if they see a body of people in the church who seem to have something that enables them to triumph over the anxieties of life, they become interested at once. This is because they are unhappy and frustrated and uncertain and fearful. If, when in that condition themselves, they see people who seem to have peace and calm and quiet, then they are ready to look at them and listen to them. So from the standpoint of our own personal happiness and our maintenance of the joy of the Lord, and also from the standpoint of our witness and our testimony when going through difficult times, it behooves us to consider very carefully what Paul has to say to us in these masterly statements about the way to deal with the tyranny of circumstances and conditions. The matter seems to divide itself up quite simply. First, he tells us what we have to avoid. There are certain things we must avoid, says the apostle. Be careful for nothing, something to avoid. Now, let us be quite clear about the term careful. Be careful for nothing, says the authorized translation. But you will find another translation even better. Be anxious for nothing or be anxious about nothing. Careful means full of care. That means anxiety, harassing care, nervous solicitude, tending to brood or to ponder too much over things. It's the same word as our Lord used in the Sermon on the Mount. 
You remember in the sixth chapter of Matthew, he says, take no thought. It means do not be over-anxious, do not brood and ponder, do not meditate over much upon something. Do not have this nervous anxiety about that thing. That's the meaning of the term. That's what Paul is telling us to resist. So, in sum, we resist overcare about things, especially, says Jesus, things in the future we have no control over. We remind ourselves of the watch care of God, our Father, and we take our anxious concerns to God, trusting that he's going to give us peace to overcome them. Amen. Ponder that, my friends. Read Philippians 4 again and Matthew 6 again. Let's close with our verse of the month of April, James 4, 6, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Friends, may the Lord give you deep peace today. Good day and Godspeed.